0: Okay guys, and girls, and peoples, this is going to be a short uh, episode. I've got another 15-20 minutes until I have to pick pick up my son, and I wanted to just share some thoughts from today on the stream of random. Like if I can't tell you what I'm thinking, where else am I supposed to tell you? And first of all... Do you ever cringe when you're listening to NPR? And you think, oh my god, it's so political. And then you listen to some music and you think, oh my god, it's so political. It's so biased. But if they can't express themselves politically left-leaning or whatever it is on their channel, where else are they going to do it? So... Historically, the arts have been um, always the first to be compromised by power and money and um, the media, so we're just going to have to accept um, that. Oh, today I listened a little bit to some Sovereign Computing podcast on the LRN. or lrn.fm channel which was really good I have to look that up Um, and listen to WBGO which is also a great New Jersey uh, jazz station and No Agenda had their 15th anniversary so congratulations on that so those are some of my thoughts but I've been reading Kant some more and I just chose one item from his dictionary. I figured I'm just going to study the dictionary and I'm going to learn his terms. And it's not amphibious, it's amphi lo Which is the confusion between the transcendental thought and the real thought. And that's like one of the big mistakes that Kent has pointed out. And he's saying that the entire idea of time and space are transcendental, meaning they are constructs created by our brains to deal with things as a necessary evil, a crutch that we use. And if you think about it, all we have is now. We don't have any idea of time. Everything that we think about time and what happened in the past is all a construct. And so is the future. It's a construct. We only have now. And that's it. We're just a computer floating around inside the skull, let's say, being fed inputs from outside, we hope. It could be in the matrix. We don't know. But you basically have system calls delivering you data from outside. And that's it. That's what you have to deal with. And it's right now. And it's always right now. And there never is any other time except right now. That's the data being presented to you. And obviously even your whole idea of consciousness is lagging. So even just processing right now, you're lagging behind. And you're trying to imagine when, oh my God, it's so beautiful. I gotta get a picture of this. There's Venus or is that a star? The uh, moon is incredible. It looks like my my right eye is seeing the stars doubled. I have basically a double picture on my right eye like slightly offset yeah, all of these airplanes so that's that's um, that's where I'm at today so I'm just starting to read all of this and I guess we're going to have to get into Schopenhauer as well later who was a student of Kant well someone who read him and regurgitated him so yeah I've got a whole bunch of uh, ideas in my head and then I was thinking well isn't all of this internal stuff that I'm thinking about all of these internal states like the internal representations of the compiler, the internal representations of the operating system, all of those are basically hidden layers of a neural neural network. Like we don't know exactly what they are, we don't have exact access to them, we can only see them indirectly. But we know they're there, we could study them. We could also study the hidden layers of a neural network. They seem to be random, but they have a purpose. So I'm just gonna put it out there that I think that we can consider all of these these intermediate values that are generated by a computer in an attempt to capture what we're doing to be something like a hidden layer or multiple hidden layers and maybe we can translate them onto a hidden layer, directly. And that maybe what we're doing in computing is like training a neural network, but it's on a smaller scale. Like when you're developing a parser, you're kind of developing something like a neural network, and training it, even if it's simple. Like any type of vectorized representation, or serialized representation, or reduction in dimensions um, that's used for computing represents an internal state that's like a hidden layer of a network that's intermediately used and that maybe we have to use the same tools for understanding them and I've understood this intuitively for a while but now I have started to look at that And also the um, AI Coffee Break with Letitza, the Romanian girl. It's very good. And she's talking about a paper which is the Pareto Principle, or Power Law, saying that you can reduce 80% of your data. You can use 20% of your data to get 80% of the results. The 80-20 rule by... First of all, you have to understand how many samples do you have Per neuron. So they said, how many neurons do you have in your layers? How wide is your network? And how many samples do you have per neuron? And if you've got thousands of samples per neuron, right, which is going to require a larger training time, then that means you can handle complex tasks, but you only have a few samples per neuron, then you have to go only for the simple ones. We talked about this, maybe, I mentioned it, I know I did. So those are the things I've been struggling with or thinking about today while I've been working my butt off and fighting with things. So... But otherwise I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, I'm looking forward to having some time to work on my computing stuff. I haven't had any time for that, I've just been flat out working on everything else. But I do want to just throw out some points here from a discussion I had the other day. And basically, the left-right... we have to remember that that the conservatives would like to institute a theocracy in the end. A uh, a caliphate. I mean everything you say about the Taliban the American right wing is basically Taliban. Okay? They're religious nutjobs. And that's fine and they have every right to be that way. But if you give them power that's what they're going to do. Okay? So we have to see things as a balance and we need to also as i said question what junk we're being fed because in the end the entire left-right paradigm is just a means of exploitation of the little people and that if you believe if you believe the lies you're going to get caught up in it So if we want to really make some kind of progress in our lives, we have to be willing to just see everything that we were told, even our loving parents and everyone we care about, as just a working assumption that we don't actually know what the hell's going on. And that's what Hume basically came up with. Hume said, well, I'm surrounded by nutjobs, and I'm not even allowed to tell the truth because they'll kill me. So he wrote everything down, supposedly, and then tried to find someone who would publish it after his death. Adam Smith refused. This is the story I was told. I heard on a podcast. I thought this was a great story. I haven't really studied Hume yet, but... um, Basically, um, we have to also know that there are, not everyone agrees with what's going on. And there's people everywhere who are quietly resisting, that you don't see, you don't hear about it. Not everyone is in lockstep. And yeah, if, if these people can't implement their crazy left-wing or right-wing schemes in their own little place, where else are they supposed to do it? That's what I'm saying. But we just don't have to go along with it get dragged into it. Okay, so these are some, some of my thoughts. I just had to get this off my chest. I needed to go for a walk. I've been cooped up all day. Anyway, thanks for listening. See ya.